Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown and All Eyes on Cleveland Crossover Game Day Edition, which should be pretty customary for your game days by now. I am your host, Jake Burns, and joined by co-host Brad Ward. What's up, Brad? How are you? I am excellent. What's happening, Jake? Fired up. Uh, huge game. Probably uh, one of the biggest games on the NFL slate on Sunday. Pretty weak slate overall. Not a ton of great games. Very weak. So, yeah. A lot of big I think spreads. this will be. Yeah, ugly yeah. spreads, man. So we dive in the things we always talk about, Brad, which is the, the broadcast coverage. This is a CBS game. We finally yeah. get away from Tony Romo and and, uh, and and Jim Nance, who I think were pretty burnt out on the Cleveland Browns by the end of that Cincinnati game. I think <laughs> I couldn't take any more Tony Romo mocking the Ohio battle for Ohio and all that stuff. He just was so disinterested. So you get Ian Eagle, you get Charles Davis, and then I think Evan – is it Evan Washburn on the sidelines? I cannot think of who exactly is on the sidelines. Washburn. Okay. So different crew, good crew, like those guys. That'll be fun. One o'clock kick. All time in New England. You told me a funny little story here a second ago. Last Browns win in New England, Brad. Bill Belichick, 1992. Browns went 7-9. Bill Belichick was the head coach of – the Browns. Wild the stuff. Browns. 1992 is your last trip there and getting a victory. Uh, they have gone since the start of this rivalry, not a rivalry, but the start of the history of these two teams getting together. It's 1971. Cleveland started out hot. I think they won 12 of the first 15. Um, no, that's too many. I think 11 of the first 14 because they've, they've only won two cents, and the Browns won – 13 and New England's won 12. So the wins the Browns have had since the turn of the decade. In 2000, the Browns hosted New England and beat them 19 to 11. And then in 2010, we all recall that pretty surprising home win for the Browns, 34 14. Was that the Peyton Hillis game? I think that was the Peyton Hillis game, Brad, where he went off in that one. Otherwise, the Browns have not fared all too well, especially going to New England. Uh, they, have, they have lost three straight to New England. Two of the last three there. They lost a 27-26 tight game in 2013. And then a 2019-27-13 loss, we all recall, where the Browns fumbled a couple times and made a couple bonehead plays. But, yeah, the Browns still do lead the all-time series 13-12. to I don't know where you get your numbers from, but the general consensus as we head into this, according to some books, is that it is a two-and-a-half-point Patriots favorite in this game. So they are uh, minus 125. The Browns are plus 102. The over under sits at 45 and a half. Talk about that in just a second. Okay. So those are the numbers. Typical for a, this feels like a very pick 'em game to me, Brad. And two and a half feels about right. They actually probably are leaning a little New England because that's a little higher. If you, if you take it, it's like a one, one and a half number for home teams these days because the home field advantage is has dwindled a little bit, right. but they, they, they are noticing, I think Nick Chubb swings it just a little bit, the absence yep. of Nick. So it depends when you got that number. So individual lines for the, for the big name players here, as we 
as we look at this Baker Mayfield completions, 19 and a half is the over under 229 and a half is the passing yards number touchdowns. One and a half Mac Jones is 21 and a half completions, 243 and a half for the over under and over under one and a half touchdowns. They only have one running back prop on the list here, according to sports dime.com because they're all hurt on both. They're sides. all hurt. Yep, yeah. it seems like there might be some slim hope for Ramondre Stevenson to play in this game. I don't know if he's been ruled out since I looked earlier today. I know Damian Harris was. We know Nick is ruled out and Felton's ruled out. They have Dearness Johnson at 66 and a half over under on rushing yards. They have no listing for rush receiving and no longest rush number. Receiving wise, the Browns have two people on this list. Austin mm-hmm. Hooper is an over under. They could be more on other sites you look at. These are odds taken from DraftKings. Uh, two and a half receptions for Hooper, 21 and a half receiving yards, and a 13 and a half longest reception. And then the other one they have is Jarvis Landry. They don't have as a reception number because they could go like 15 catches for 17 yards. But they have him at 52 and a half receiving yards, and then 19 and a half is his over under on longest reception. For the Patriots, you get Hunter Henry at two and a half, 29 and a half yards. And 15 and a half is his long reception. Jacoby Myers, you get 48 and a half for receiving yards. Nelson Aguilar, 38 and a half over under. So that's kind of all the betting stuff. And what I can deduce from the betting stuff, Brad, from the limited number of rushers, from the limited receiving options because of receptions being off longest reception, nobody knows what's going to happen in this game. It is a, I think both defenses are starting to really settle in. Cleveland, I know on our side, 14, 15, 16 points in the last three games. I know you listened to some things from New England. They feel like their defense is starting to settle in, which feels like a fact. Nobody knows what to expect from these offenses. And I think I think it's a race to 20 points, personally. I think the first team to 20 is probably going to win this game. But I don't pay much attention to New England, to be honest, partly yeah. because they're, they're not the NFL darling they used to be. And I just, you know, they, they, they started, what, two and four or two and – one and four, something like that. It was ugly start. I thought they were going to wash under. I didn't want to give them any attention. And then they rattle off three straight after a two and four start. And now they're five and four. But should we be taking the, the, the Patriots that serious? I know it's hard with Nick here, Brad, but like, should we be taking them that serious? How do you feel about New England going into this one? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am uh, a bit fearful, to be honest. I, I think it's a pretty good football team. I, I think they've flown under the radar because of their start, because Brady's gone. Uh, but they are the same Patriots that have always been. They're very fundamental. They're they're not you know if the Browns jump off sides and and have silly penalties, they're gonna make you pay for it. Like they are that type of team, right? They're gonna uh, do all the right things, the little things right. They're gonna take away your best, you know, what you do best, or at least attempt to. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any like. It's like their names, they did a lot in free agency, but they were all kind of middling players, right? There's never like any, besides the tight ends, there was never like huge splash uh, free agency signings, but they signed a ton of guys. But this defense is playing really good. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, playing in New England and everything. Strangely enough, with all those stats and everything, they have not played well at home this year. They played their better football on the road. Interesting. That would that would bode well in this scenario. You have to hope that the Browns can take advantage of any of those little idiosyncrasies, right? Like the the Patriots offense. I mean, really, the roster, Brad, is full of just a bunch of guys. It's like right. it's almost like Houston in that sense, where they're just full of guys who have been around the NFL, have done things, have earned money, bunch of role players. But sometimes I'm telling you, those role players have games where you're like, that came out of nowhere. You know, Nelson Aguilar is more than capable. Jacoby Myers more than capable. I think Hunter Henry's a pretty good tight end. I know Jonu Smith has not been as effective as they hoped he'd be, but they're they're just weirdly dangerous. They shouldn't be dangerous. They shouldn't be a team you're afraid of. But here's what we know: they're extremely well coached. They know tendencies and they know how to beat teams better than any team, any coaching staff in the NFL right now. That's just a proven fact. I think you put this roster in front of a bunch of average coaches, it would be plummeting pretty quickly. But they have a winning criteria in New England that says you have to do X, Y, and Z to get it done. They typically figure out how to do that. Sometimes they get out Jimmy and Joe, but for the most part, they're always going to be in the right places doing the right things. So what Cleveland has to do is play fundamentally sound football. They have to do the right things, handle the right responsibilities, and they cannot have the escalated penalty numbers and, and, and mental mistakes that they had just as recent as last week because I don't think New England will do those things. Now, again, I understand fully your great point there that they're not as good at home, but sometimes it doesn't matter what the data says about home away. They figure it out, right? So, yeah. again, I just don't – it's one of those teams where right now I don't think about them very much. I just don't have a ton of opinions on them. I just think that they're they're a place that is built on tradition. As as rare as tradition is in the NFL, they're built on it. The pa- the Patriot way, the doing the right things, the the aggressive nature on on defense, tied in with the right place at the right time, structure on offense, and you just have to play really really fundamentally strong football. So let's do our three keys, Brad. I I, I will piggyback off of what you have because I think you do a great job. And then I add some context to, to the things you say too, or at least I think I do. Maybe I don't, but who knows? Uh, but this is just a, 
They need this game. They lost their wiggle room when they lost these games early in the year. When you lose to the Chargers, when you lose to the Steelers, you lose that wiggle room you had to drop a weird game in New England that some of us, when we went back and originally looked at the schedule, this was a game we saw and thought really hard to go in there and beat New England. Although yeah. the roster's not what it once was, it's still a challenge to go in there and beat them. So this is a game, though, that you can't mess around with now. you got to win these next two to get to 7-4 and four by Baltimore, and it starts with going into New England. Now, the, the, the I'm sure one of the points you're going to make is how daunting this is going to be without Nick. So go ahead and do your first one, Brad. Yeah, I mean, that that's where I'm going to start, right? So well, let me start with a couple things that I just kind of want to point it out. I mean, this is where this game is and the way the Browns schedule lays out, Jake, it's just every single game, maybe with the exception of next week, um, is so key because every team you're playing is either in your division and you're trying mm-hmm. to win your division, and it came much more realistic after Thursday night, a weird Thursday night game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and these teams, like right now, the Patriots are in the seventh spot, and the Browns are in the ninth spot. So this tiebreaker is going to be huge, right? It could be huge. I mean, w- losing this game could be huge and winning it could be even bigger. So I mean it's a very very important game obviously. Both teams 5 and 4. Just wanted to reiterate that. Browns without Nick Chubb, um Dearness Johnson and running the football. It may be slow going, Jake. Like this mm-hmm. run defense is very formidable. I think they're very good against the run. And we have seen in the past one of the things that and I am a huge Stefanski advocate uh, as always, uh, even when people were, were down on him a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you just wait a couple of weeks. You guys are going to be on the on the bandwagon again, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ha- it only took one week, Jake, and they, everybody was back on the bandwagon. Uh, but, yeah, so, but the one thing that he will do is he will, sometimes, Jake, he will bail on the run a little bit. And he can't do this. He cannot do this on Sunday. Even if you're not getting anything in the run game, you have to sprinkle it in. You have to continue to try to run the ball against this team or else uh, Baker's going to be in trouble, right? Like, we know they want to do the same, same thing as us. It's one. Of, it's like the – it's kind of like the Minnesota game a little bit, not as much as an extent, but they want to do the same things as us, right? Mm-hmm. They want to run the ball to, to throw the ball, and we want to run the ball to throw the ball. And, and if, until we get any success in the run game, that pass game doesn't really open up as much as we would like it to. So even if you're not getting anything, you still got to give the ball to Dearness Johnson, and you still got to try to open up holes and get what you can against this run defense who may stuff you early and try to deter you from that. So I say stick with the run no matter what is key one. And Jake, I think. And I am, yeah. and I am muted. Sorry, folks. Did they okay. bring <laughs> did they bring somebody up off the practice squad to back up the running back situation, or did I miss that? I know they signed uh, Dexter Williams, and I thought they brought in. Was it Brian Hill? But I didn't know if they've even activated a second back. I, again, I could have missed it, but I, I don't may, know. That, I don't. I don't I'm know if they sure. did. It's no. I mean, it's here nor there. I'm sure they can have Janovich sprinkle in some backfield situation stuff. His history at, at uh, Nebraska, he carried the ball a little bit. It's. I think there was even some reference earlier in the week to Jarvis Landry seeing a couple runs in the backfield. They. They. I don't know. It's going to be a weird game. I don't know if Dearness will get 30 carries because of the situation we're talking about here where you do, you only have one back. I mean, imagine 
imagine if he gets hurt, God, you know, knock on wood here, but imagine if he gets hurt, that, that puts you in an even tougher predicament there. So, um, so you're yeah. right. I got it here. They, they elevated four players, um, from the practice squad to help cover for the impact of the COVID-19 outbreak afflicting the team, uh, running back, Brian Hill, cornerback, okay. Herb Miller, Jojo Natson and Johnny Stanton are all elevated this week. Okay, so they do have at least some people, Stanton included, who've seen some time in the backfield and can do some of those things. Obviously not ideal. I don't have an expectation for what the offense is going to look like because I thought they really started to finally get their rhythm back last week, and then right. it's just a wholesale change. But again, maybe Dearness comes out and surprises us like he did against Denver where we thought Denver was going to be tough to run on, and Cleveland – took on that challenge and and handled their business with them. I do think Dearness is very talented. He's got a great knack for cutting back and making people miss uh, in pursuit angles. So uh, we will pay close attention to early in the game how well Cleveland's able to run the ball. What's your second one, Brad? Uh, before I go to my second one, just one more thought on that. And a little note yeah. that I had written down here. Uh, you know, Brown's over 20% with three tight ends on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean – that may be a way to counteract kind of some of the things that they want to take away. So if you want to throw the ball or, or move the ball, they may do it a lot with the tight ends this week. I just have a feeling like that's one way they can change the matchup game a little bit against this team. Just a thought there. I uh, oh, this the is interesting. I should mention now we're recording this live. Ben Roethlisberger placed on the reserve COVID list and is out tomorrow against Detroit. So oh, there you go. It never stops. Go. What you got for number two? All right. So this is obviously like an easy one, like that everybody always says in your top three turnovers, right? Like turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. But here's the thing with the Browns, right? They were starving for turnovers before last week, and you kind of saw them open the floodgates a little. May we possibly, Jake, be seeing a little bit of positive regression to the mean here on the turnovers? Like, they're due for it, right? Uh, so maybe we get that to continue this week, and I would like to see them turn them over a couple times. That could be the difference in this game. I, I think if either offense costs themselves, it's going to be a very narrow margin for error for both sides, and neither of these offenses can afford, Brad, to, to give up possession. And every single possession will have to end in some kind of kick as the saying goes, and if, if you turn it over two or three times, like the Browns feel like they might have finally cracked the floodgate on turnovers uh, this last week, I think if they can, if they can turn them over a couple times, I always say, man, my sweet spot number is five. If you get yeah. to five sacks and turnovers combined, you got a great chance to win in the modern NFL. So that should be Cleveland's target. Hope they can get there, that they have to win, that they have no choice but to win the turnover battle in this one, man. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, you know, I mean, so many games with so little and such good athletes out there, you would like to think that it starts to trend their way a little bit, right? So I hope that uh, analytically that goes in their favor a little bit, although that's a very unpredictable thing to to uh, gauge. It is. It is. Finally. But they come in fin- bunches typically, so you hope that they, they can, do. Yeah. can crack the seal there a little bit. What's your last one? All right, uh, my last one is, is another obvious one, but I think it's one we got to talk about, and it's Baker, right? So Baker, back on track last week, played a pretty good football game for the most part, um, and 
I just think that in this one, from what we know of Bill Belichick, they're going to try to take away the run. You're going to need him to hit on big plays in order for you to score. And he can't miss any opportunities. Like you talked about the margin for error and turnovers. Same thing here. Margin for error, like you can't miss an opportunity if you have, you know, you scheme something up, you see something, Stefanski calls it, you have to hit it this week. There's no Mm -hmm. do-overs on this one. If you get a wide-open Donovan Peoples-Jones, you have to hit him. Um, You're not, you know, so no margin for error at quarterback. Baker has to be on and when guys are open, he has to hit them because you can't. I don't think you can necessarily go into this game saying we for sure are going to run for seventy-five plus yards and a score. I don't know if that's a guaranteed yeah. thing, Jake. That's a great point. They, they're as as we. I know you just re-alluded to what I alluded to earlier. They yeah. don't have the ability to be like, ah, missed that deep shot. Could have hit that. We'd have been fine. You know what I mean? Like. There can't be any missed opportunities. When New England gives you a window, you have to you have to get through that window and score your points, man. So um, that could not be more accurate. Baker needs to take advantage of every single throwing opportunity that does present itself. Hopefully he can do that. Hopefully they can protect him. I do not view New England's edge rushers uh, collectively to be as good as what Cincinnati has. Now, Matthew Judon is very good. They'll have to figure out how to help Blake Hance there. But for the most part, think they can handle these guys. So I'm sure they're sitting and they're talking amongst the O-line and quarterback and all of that, talking about how they're going to have to throw to win this one. The weather looks pretty good. It's going to be about 50, going to be a little light breeze, eight up to eight miles per hour, no, no precipitation. So they should be able to throw the football uh, pretty effectively, at least d- decently uh, enough to uh, – to take advantage of some things, but they're going to also Brad have to create separation against man coverage because new England plays 45% of their snaps and man coverage. They'll get down there. They'll challenge you and really make it tough on you. They're not a hit. They're not a pick you apart in zone type of team. Fourth, most man coverage in the NFL. Uh, fifth in EPA versus the pass. The Pats are so very good uh, in pass coverage. And, Vice versus on the Brown side of the ball, you were talking about, you know, pass rush, Matthew Dijon. Same thing that, you know, I was listening to those Pats podcasts. They're talking about the same thing of Garrett versus Wynn and how they're going to have to chip and help on that side all day long. So they expect him to line up on the right side. Go in. I would expect the same thing. You know, yeah. he struggled a bit in pass coverage. So Which defense makes the most plays? Probably going to win this one, Brad. You have to have sound yeah. specials, too. New England tries to create opportunities in special teams, so have to be strong there. This should be a fun game, I hope. It is a weird one. I just don't I just don't feel great about it because I don't know enough about New England. My hope, my optimism says they can keep New England under two touchdowns, keep them at a couple field goals and a score. Browns can get to 20, and it's a 2013 Cleveland win. Much needed, hard fought, that type of game. What do you have, Brad? Uh, I have a uh, 21-17 to 17 Browns win. Nice. Um, I think Baker outperforms Mac Jones, and I think that's the difference. And Mac Jones makes a mistake as a rookie. Uh, he'll have some pressure. Yeah, I, I like to think that both teams, you know, if, the Brown, if they can take away the run from the Browns, I think the Browns can probably take away the run from them. I think mm-hmm. they're good enough to do that. And, and what they wanted, Browns want to do the same thing they want to do. They want to make... Mac Jones throw it and put him in third and longs and tee off on him and try to make him 
make a mistake. And I think the Browns might be able to do that a few times. Mac Jones, one of the worst average uh, distant distance of target, A dot. He's like a four point four A dot yep. guy, which is one of the lowest in the league. They don't throw it deep downfield; they get rid of it quick. So, find your zone, rally, tackle, take care of business. Brad, as usual, my friend, thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights, and it should be a fun one, man. You're the man, Jake. Thanks so much. Yeah, this should be a blast, man. I don't know what to expect. I think it'll be a slugfest, so I'm excited. All right, guys, thanks for checking out today's crossover episode between the OBR Film Breakdown All Eyes on Cleveland. As usual, both of us will be back on our individual channels with recaps of the game. Check those out. Also, check out the pregame at noon on the OBR Twitch and the postgame immediately following the game. We appreciate it. Have a great Sunday whenever you listen to this, whether it's your morning routine, your hustle. Have a great time and enjoy the game and go Browns. <laughs>